0: been around long enough that you know, either I'm going to sing a song or I'm going to read a poem. So a few weeks ago, I shared this with you in the opening part of a service, but I didn't have it on the screen, but I have it there now. And I want you to get the message here today because it's directed to someone in this room. The title of it is when he comes into this room. When he comes into this room, you will know he is here. He has come to heal and save. To you and I, Jesus is drawing near. If you're lonely and downhearted, there's no peace in your soul. Since curse has left you broken, you need to be made whole. Quote it with me now. When he comes into this room, you will know he is here. He has come to heal and save. To you and I, Jesus is drawing near. If great trouble and sorrows have left you in despair, all your friends and loved ones no longer seem to care. Say it with me. When he comes into this room, you will know he is here. He has come to heal and save. To you and I, Jesus is drawing near. If sickness and disease fills your body with great pain, you've trusted in your doctors, but good help you haven't gained. When he comes into this room, you will know he is here. He has come to heal and save. To you and I, Jesus is drawing near. If your walk with Christ has grown stale and cold, your love for both God and man no longer in you, prevails when he comes into this room you will know he is here he has come to heal and save to you and I Jesus is drawing near one more hear it now he's the healer of our bodies the savior who died for sin he loves us and always will open your heart and let him come in say it now with me When he comes into this room, you will know he is here. He has come to heal and save to you and I. Jesus is drawing near. By faith, let him draw near to you today. You're not here by accident, but by the purpose of God. A message that the Lord has put on my heart is for all of us in one form or another, but especially to a particular group of people. And you'll know who you are as I preach this today. Before we read our text this morning from Hosea chapter 14, don't turn there yet, I want to give you just a short synopsis of this Old Testament book of the Bible. It's important to note that Hosea is the last, hear me, the final message that God gave to His covenant people, Israel, the ten tribes of the northern kingdom. Its 14 chapters contain both a warning concerning future events and an interpretation of these events. Throughout the book, the prophet speaks to the people of Israel about the critical situation that developed during the years that immediately followed the death of King Jeroboam the second, And hear me on this. Someone is always responsible when people fall away from God. It only takes one to fall away who will influence another and another and another. When Amos prophesied, who was a predecessor of Hosea, the disaster that would befall the nation, he was promptly scorned by those who were, the Bible says, at ease in Zion and who were confident no evil will ever come upon this beloved land of ours. However, when Hosea came on the scene only a few years later, these attitudes had changed. I want you to see how This compares with our day when change is the normal. What was yesterday is no longer today. Events had occurred that shook the confidence of even the most optimistic person. We've been going through a shakeup. No longer was there a stable government on which the people could lean. Mm -hmm. The line of kings changed rapidly, and often the change was attended by violence. Oh, mercy. Have we ever lived to see that in our day? With the invasion of the Assyrian armies imminent, it was coming. We don't know what is coming, but something is coming. And I pray it will be the Lord who comes first. Israel kept the peace only by paying an enormous tribute to the Assyrian rulers. Now hear me. They needed God to show them how to return to Him. Israel didn't get this miserable condition that they were in. Because of a change in the weather, a tornado or cyclone or a magical portal opened up. And all the trouble began to come in like a flood. Sin. The hiss of Satan is always heard when sin is mentioned. Sin was the gateway. Hear me. It is your gateway as well to the destruction that Satan is seeking to kill, steal, and destroy you from God. And sin needed to be addressed. Hear me now. This is not a time for soft-soaping the day we are in. Sin must be addressed in the home before it can be addressed in the church. And if it's addressed in the church, then we will help God to address it to our nation with the hopes that there will be a turning back to God. Israel needed new hearts in order to utter words of repentance That would lead them to forgiveness. A new heart can only be given when you are born again. Now, either read from the scroll on the screen or turn in your Bibles or in your tablet, phone, whatever you have. Turn to Hosea chapter 14 or read from the screen. Again, let me emphasize This is God's final message. I'm telling you, folks, there comes a time when God says, I have spoken and you have not heeded to my voice. And he no longer will deal with a person who has a reprobate mind, who has turned away from God. He will no longer bless others A nation who has forgotten God, but His Word says they will be turned into hell. I'm telling you, you're here by purpose. Someone in this room today very well may be hearing for the last time. Oh, pastor, don't go there. Yeah, I must go there. It must be addressed because someone is going to hear the last time God's call to come to repentance and receive the new heart that he wants to give. Don't play with God. Don't be the fool who says there is no God because he's about to reveal himself to a people first we pray, draw us nearer to you, Lord. But he'll draw, he will reveal himself to a people who have walked away from him for the last time. Don't let it be you today. Let me share this analogy with you. In just simple, plain storybook form. An analogy in which we can see Israel. Israel. Recall the story of the Wizard of Oz, or watch the movie. Dorothy got back to Kansas with the click of her heels and the praise. there's no place like home. In Alice of Wonderland, Alice sent the house of cards flying as she woke up from her Wonderland adventure. In the story of Narnia, Lucy walked back through the woods and the wardrobe to return to the professor's house. And remember Hansel and Gretel? They let breadcrumbs mark their return trail. Like so many children's stories, backslidden Israel's main need was as simple as this. Say it with me in bold letters. Finding their way back home to God. Generations had heaped sin upon sin upon sin to the point of a hardness where they allowed anything and everything to come in. The devil wants you to forsake God because he's got a whole lot of junk and garbage that you haven't seen yet and felt yet and been affected yet. And without God in your life, he will move in at some point. Seeking to steal, kill, and destroy you. Thus, listen to God's final message through his prophet Hosea. And I want you to get this in mind. It's not just one isolated message. Prophet after prophet after prophet had been sent to Israel and to Judah, who later would feel the consequences of their decisions. So it's not an isolated moment for a one preacher to stand up and declare it's time for you to find your way back home to God. You've heard it. Don't scoff it. Don't make light of it. Say, yeah, I've always heard that. Jesus is coming. He hasn't come yet. But he will. He will. And either he'll find you ready or not. There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when he comes. And those who knew him went home to be with him forever. They had already begun their journey back home. Perhaps many years ago as in Some of our cases, mine being 60 years, on September 15th of this year. Others of you, 40, 30, 20, 10, maybe six weeks ago, maybe yesterday, you turned your life over to God, and you began your journey home. And one day, we're going to enter into our home. Hallelujah. To be forever with Jesus. Remember your day. Remember that event. I'll never forget it. This is my story. This is my song. Praising my Savior now all day long. I went to that altar finally after Holy Ghost urgings. And He never gives up. Thank God. He has been sent to convince us of sin to let us know there is a Savior and He draws us to Him. I received a shouting experience that day and I pray, God, let me never lose my shout. Amen. You may grow old in your religion. But religion has no joy to it. But salvation always will have a shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. Sing unto him. And let him know how grateful you are that you are his children. I thought today, there ought to be people in these aisles dancing when those songs are being sung, but we kind of stick back, sit, stand back, I'm reserved. No, no, no. People will watch me. God is watching. If you feel the urge, I'm, I'm tempted to get off this platform. I'm going to try my best to stay here because it gets in the shadows down there. If you feel the urge, you ought to let go and let God and let go and let have his way because the father he dwells in the midst of the praise of his people amen Assyria shall not save us they're looking at where they've been leaning to and, and trusting in Assyria, Assyria will not save us. We will not ride on horses in triumph. Nor will we say any more to the work of our hands. You are our gods. If you're not serving the true God, you have got an idol God somewhere in your life. Well, I don't fall down and worship any false idol, it doesn't have to be an image. It can be a habit. It can be a characteristic in your life that needs changing. That idol is controlling your life. And you need to let God be God in your heart. And I love this. For in you, God, the fatherless finds mercy. Wow. You are orphans now, away from God. Oh, you have an earthly mother, earthly father, but you have a heavenly father who wants to make you one of his children. That's why, as he said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. Religious rituals, beautiful though they may be, They do not save anyone. Only the blood of Jesus can save your soul. Let me go a little farther now. The prophet, through the Holy Spirit, receives a vision or a prophetic utterance for the future. The present is gloom and doom, but there's a future coming. And God told him, to tell them about it they haven't turned yet and sadly they walked away and the ten tribes of israel were absorbed into a gentile culture and lost their identity as the covenant people of god will god bring them back yes yes Listen to the word in that period of time called the thousand year reign of Christ. The one they rejected over 2,000 years ago. The one that the prophet said he's coming and this is how he will come. Where he will be born and his name will be called Emmanuel, God with us. We know the story just like you and I so often we reject him. And turn him away. But to Israel, his covenant people in the millennial kingdom, God says this, and I want you to say it with me. Put up the next slide, please. Hallelujah. Hear it now. Grab a hold of this, you that have someone away from God. Declare it by faith. Say it with me now. I will heal They're backsliding. I will love them freely. Hallelujah. Take a hold of that. For my anger has turned away from him. I will be like the dew to Israel. He shall grow like the lily and lengthen his roots like Lebanon. Now, these folks are going into captivity. But God is saying there's coming a day, though. I will love him. His branches shall spread. His beauty shall be like an olive tree, and his fragrance like Lebanon. Those who dwell under his shadow shall return. They shall be revived like grain and grow like a vine. Their scent shall be like the wine of Lebanon. Ephraim shall say, What have I to do anymore with idols? (laughs) the backslider when God gets a hold of them and they turn back to God they will say what more do I need with alcohol Mm -hmm. what more do I need with drugs what more do I need to live in sexual promiscuity that God says you're not to live like that I don't need those idols (laughs) any longer. Hallelujah. I have heard and observed him. I'm like a green cypress tree. Your fruit is found in me, God says. Now listen to this. He concluded his prophecies with this call to all generations who would be offered God's great plan of salvation through his son. Hosea, like a voice from heaven, he heard and he echoes the voice. Who is wise? Let him understand these things. Who is prudent? Let him know them. Say it with me now. For the ways of the Lord are right. The righteous walk in them, but transgressors stumble in them. Are you wise? Are you prudent? Are you walking in God's righteous ways, or are you stumbling? Stumbling through the pitfalls, stumbling through the chains that just constantly get tighter and tighter trying to take the breath of God out of you condemnation of your sin your guilt is more than you can bear there is a savior who calls you to come to him he will lift your burden your sins will be removed from you as far as the east is from the west and God said I will remember them no more hallelujah Come home. The Savior is calling you. Come home. Now let me say to you, this may perhaps be the most simple message I've ever preached, but yet a vital message, and by preaching it, I have prayed in my human language. I have prayed in the Holy Ghost language that someone either in this room or by watching this service on Facebook or YouTube you will receive the word. You may never hear a preacher I may never get a chance to preach it again but I will preach it and declare somebody needs to take heed to what God is doing and calling. If you're a prodigal, I'll tell you a little bit about that in a moment, a prodigal son or daughter, like Israel in our text today, it is simply like this. You have backslidden. You've walked away from your first love relationship with God. And God says, repent. Oh, Lord, help me now. Repent or else. Is that not in the Word? Repent. Read it. Revelations chapters 1, 2, and 3. And read it as He speaks to His church. Repent or else I will remove your candlestick your position out of its place. So who are you? What's been going on? What have you been feeling? What have you been sensing? What is God saying to you? How have you been responding? God will capture your heart somewhere. Somewhere. Hear me. Don't wait until judgment falls for him to capture your heart. Let the long suffering of God bring you to repentance because God has been long suffering with you, patiently calling, Come home. Come home. Man. Now when you came in today you received each of you a little thing that I put together Pastor Sluder has been emphasizing prayer for the prodigal for the backslider So I came across this seven personalized prayers for prodigals There's a blank space there All of these may not apply to your prodigal, but if there's one or if there's many, put that name in that blank space and pray these effectual, fervent prayers that are based on the Word of God as Scripture references are given to you. Let your prayers be guided by the Holy Spirit. Do things understand as I continue preaching. Don't get in a hurry. <laughs> now Sister Annette went over quite a way last Sunday so I'm going to follow her path. I told somebody, well you'll be out early today. Mind did she fool me. You got the full dose last Sunday. Amen. Good message Annette. Matter of fact, let me say this to you. I just heard this. Someone's he was a preacher. A preacher once said Pentecostal preaching is like a person standing up front yelling at people, and the people yell back at him. Amen. I don't mean the kind of screams that anger brings, but yelling, Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Preach it, brother. Woo! Hallelujah. Glory to God! <laughs> first of all, first of all, backslider, no, the Father loves you. He loves you, and here is what He says about you in Jeremiah three fourteen and fifteen. He says, "Here is heart. This is the Father. Return, O oh backsliding children," says the Lord, "for I am married." To you. There's no divorce with God. Amen. You walked away, but God says, I never did walk away from you. I am married to you. I will take you. I will receive you. And I will give you shepherds according to my heart who will feed you with knowledge and understanding. That's why you pray for your shepherds that God speak into their hearts truth that will be projected teaching and preaching as well as singing. Know God loves you. He's not mad at you. But his love is calling you. Come home. Come home. Secondly, know that this church and all true believers in Christ We love you too. And we have been praying for you. You didn't hear it. But some of you have been feeling a stirring. Wow. I don't know why I feel this. We know why. The finger of God. (laughs) Is moving in your heart. Keep your prayers up moms, dads, loved ones. Keep praying. How should I pray? Sometimes you have to get desperate of God. And say, God, mess up their plans. Amen. Just mess them up. They put their trust in money. Mm -hmm. They put their trust in security. In their health. God, just mess them up a little bit. Because they don't realize they're blessed because you have allowed them to be blessed. And Father, those that have been stingy with you really mess them up. Amen. Because you said this. and I'm just throwing this in here. You said the tithe is mine, saith the Lord. (laughs) So God, if there's anybody in this room that's been fighting you. About giving that that is yours already, mess them up. Put the squeeze on. Amen. You, you really praying that? Desperation drives you to pray desperate prayer sometimes. When you see your family drifting deeper and deeper into sin and trusting in their idols. That they have placed before God himself. You better start destroying those idols, friend. You better bring them down. Because judgment day is coming. Amen. So you have that in your hands. The way back home to God. Is that that I want to preach to you for a few minutes. And before I really get to Hosea's message of how to return home to God with words, I need to talk to you about the power of words. So this is to all of us saved and sinner alike. I ask you, please, whisper a prayer. God help pastor to preach today. Several days ago, I was feeling very insecure about this service with all that's been going on. Almost didn't show up today. Called Annette after Carol had been placed back in the hospital. I said, I don't know what's coming. And I need to give you a heads up just in case because I will be there with her if emergencies happen. So she called Ryan and told him, be prepared just in case. But then somehow somebody told my wife, and she said, you will preach Sunday morning. (laughs) So, honey, it's to you that I'm preaching unto my Lord, first of all. But I was struggling with what direction to go in. And the experience that the psalmist had in Psalm 63 and 6 became my experience while lying, in my bed, meditating upon the Lord and His direction in the night watches as the psalmist says, this statement entered the thoughts of my mind. Put it up, please. Let it soak in. Say it with me. How forceful are right words. My mind began to wonder, and I felt the Holy Spirit speak it to me. But I didn't know where it was found. Surely, if it's from the Holy Spirit, it's in the Scripture somewhere. And I did a search, and sure enough, I found where it's found. Those exact words in the New King James Version are located in Job chapter 6, spoken by Job to Eliphaz the Temanite. You remember the first of his so-called friends. Let me say this, the most wordy friend that he had, he spoke more words to Job when he should have kept his mouth shut. Supposedly he was a friend like the other two of Job. Job. They had come undercover. And the scripture says, when they found out about his circumstance, they came to mourn with Job and give words of comfort during his time of suffering and great loss. Now, they spoke words that sound like, wow, that's great biblical truths. But later you're going to find out God didn't tell them to say that. Just like you and I, we so often do. When a brother or a sister or anyone is going through a hard time, these friends jump to conclusions. And if we're not careful, we will jump to conclusions that are not of God. And with our mouth, we will speak words of judgment and condemnation. And God is saying, shut up. Mm -hmm. Shut up. Oh, it's not proper to say that. Okay, be quiet. Silence. You don't know what you're talking about. You're not helping the situation. Your words are causing it to be worse. For this person. Than what he's going through. Be careful. Satan will put his thumb in your back. And he will push you to say things. God is not saying. Eliphaz in the opening verses of chapter 4. 3 and 4. He starts out. Good. He compliments Job. (laughs) Be careful when people come with smooth, slippery, butter words. Be be on guard. What's next when they speak heap their praise on you, and you're you're thinking, oh, "I don't, I don't want to hear that." But then they get into the real issue. Listen to these words that Eliphaz gives to Job. The NLT says it this way in verses 7 through 9. To Job, stop and think. (laughs) If I were Job, I would look at him and say, what do you think I've been doing? Job, just stop and think. Do the innocent die? And we would say, yeah. When have the upright been destroyed? They also have suffered tragedy. My experience, and his pride is speaking, shows that those who plant trouble and cultivate evil will harvest the same. He is saying that to a man whose heart was perfect and upright before God, who eschewed or turned away from evil. And yet this man has the right to condemn him and say, God is judging you because of your evil ways. The dark clouds are getting heavier around Job. Eliphaz says, a breath from God destroys them. Wow. Yeah, he can do that. But that's not the God of love that we need to know. They vanish in a blast of anger. Well, put yourself in Job's position. How would you have felt? Prior to God releasing the devil to do this to Job, God didn't do it. And these friends are trying to say, God has put this on you. Hear me on this. God didn't put anything on Job. The devil had his way because God gave him permission. But he drew the line and says, you can do this, but you will not do this. You may take everything that's in his hand, hear me now, but you'll never take what's in Job's heart away from him. (laughs) Hallelujah. Satan will steal everything he can from you, but he can't steal what God has put in your heart. Somebody say amen, amen. Well, a principle... Concerning the words we speak, immediately issued from Job. In verse 24, in essence, Job said to his friend, Elphaz, I realize God has something to do with the trouble and suffering that has come upon me. Now, folks, don't look for these words in your Bible. I said, in essence. That means I am putting in my words what Job was trying to say. God has something to do with all this trouble, but I don't know what and why. I don't know what I've done to cause it. So Eliphaz, if you will, and then this verse, Job says, teach me, and I will hold my tongue and cause me to understand wherein I have erred. So teach me. If you're going to condemn me, then be my teacher and show me what I've done. Amen. And I'll understand. And I'll hold my tongue. I wish Job had because he opened his mouth too many times as well. And God had to reprove him later on too. Christian, be careful. Even you and I can get caught in this trap of words and say things that are not godly. That are not according to God's plans. are just thoughts that we had. So our thoughts become words. And we speak them out. And they're contrary to the word of God. In verse 25. Here's the word principle. Would you please get a hold of this? Job looked at Eliphaz. And he says. After he said teach me. I'll understand. Why? Say it with me, verse 25. How forceful are right words. This man was smart enough to know right words when spoken in truth are powerful, meaningful. They will be effective when they're spoken in truth. Do you know that You, as a human being, and I have received a unique gift beyond all other creation. No other aspect of God's creation has the ability to speak, to talk. So it's a gift that God has given to us. Words are not simply sounds caused by our mouth shaping air passing through our voice box. Words have real power. Come on, say it with me. Words have real power. Some of you are going to shake this off and say, I don't receive that. You reject the word of God then. Your words that you speak in an idle moment, in a fitful rage, anger, prejudgments of someone, be careful. Someone is listening. May I tell you who? God is always listening to our words. Whether you be in the confines of your home, on the job, in the marketplace, or in the house of God, words have power. With your family, and with God himself, people are affected by words. Listen to just a few things I want to tell you. and Then you'll understand how to return from God by taking words with you. Hebrews 11 and 3 informs us, God spoke the world into being by the power of his words. We don't have that kind of power with our words to bring into reality things that are not as though they are. We believe those things. but We can't speak as God spoke to create something like He created in creation. Proverbs 12 and 6, Our words have the power to destroy and the power to build up. Listen, church, listen. The days are numbered and we're headed toward homecoming day. If you've been slipping up in your conversations, and your words, it's now to confess it and clean it up. Let me tell you why. Proverbs 18, 21, our words as spoken with our tongue have the power, say with me, of life. And death, did you know that? What you speak is either life or death. Be careful. The power of our words can burden a person's spirit, even stir up hatred and violence in that person. And as many of you know who have experienced this, words can worsen our wounds. Already wounded. All it takes is a word spoken out of season with an intention that is not of God. And it causes irreparable, irreparable damage in rebuilding that relationship with that person. When you wound someone with your words, don't be surprised that that someone doesn't want to be around you anymore. Come on now. Amen. Because they remember what you said and how it wounded your heart. But may I tell you how to re- get relief from that? Woo. Go to that person. Go to that person. And never say, if I've offended you with my words, forgive me. No, you never use if. Never make an apology with If. Because you're not sure you have done anything wrong. And you're just trying to cover your bases. Get to the point and say, I know I have offended you. Come on, this is a good lesson here. We're going to judgment. Will God bring it out? If I've hurt somebody, if I've wounded someone with my words, will that be brought out of judgment? You will give account of every idle word spoken. So what am I saying? Clean up your act. Woo. Get washed in the blood of the Lamb. Woo. May I tell you in the old pioneer way of preaching, get sanctified. Let God clean you up from inside out. He'll clean your words up and you won't be so quick to criticize just make it right with that person oh don't do it in a public setting scripture says go to that person amen go to that one and if they won't hear you what do you do come here joe put that down take someone with you would you go with me? And I just want you to verify and witness that I have asked this person to forgive me so they cannot rise up and say that I didn't do it. Yes, I'll go. Keep your mouth shut, though. No, don't need your conversation. I will say it. And if they won't hear you, what do you do? You bring it to the church. What? What? You mean I. This problem will be brought out to everybody if you do it biblically. So if you don't want that to be broadcast, take care of it. Come on, amen with me now. Shout back at me. (laughs) Why are we preaching this, Pastor? Because your words have power. Mm -hmm. And the Word of God teaches us Matthew 12 36 37 we will give account on the day of judgment for every careless word we speak will either be acquitted forgiven or condemned young people listen up to me I wish all the children were in here as well to hear because it starts when they're young get them to control their words So that when they become teenagers, they won't be so flippant with you, mom or dad. Mm -hmm. They won't be so argumentative with you if they understand the judgment of words. Honor your father, your mother, so that your days may be long on the earth. What does that say? You very well may die before it's time for you to die. If you're not speaking words of honor. To your parents. So, children, you can get angry, and all kids do, but before the devil pushes you to say something you cannot draw back, you can't take back, don't say that word. And mostly it's this I hate you. Any parent ever heard that from a child or grandchild? Yeah. We don't want our children to say it. Ephesians 4 29 hear me no unwholesome talk what does that mean it's the Hebrew word meaning rotten vulgar ruined no rotten talk is to come out of your mouth only what is helpful and beneficial for what building others up so if you're caught up in foolish jesting Don't come around me because I'll shut you down quite quickly. Amen. If you come around me with your little platitudes of words that you speak, by words, look out. When I was pastor, I'll take you to my office, and I'll pull out the dictionary, and I'll tell you what you've been saying. Oh, that's what everybody says. No, that's not what believers say. Amen. So watch it. Everybody else is doing it. Everybody else says it. But hear me. The one you love and the one we've sung a song about to be like Jesus, that's all I ask, to be like him. Will you hear what the gospel records about him? Never a man spoke like this man. <laughs> I didn't come, Jesus said in John three seventeen, to condemn the world, but to call them. Be careful! How much time do we have, Pastor? Oh, I should be winding it up. So come on to the whatever, and I'll try to shut it down. But I, I'm preaching till the preacher stops. <laughs> <Woo>! <laughs> Hallelujah! Let the word of Christ, Paul writes, Colossians three sixteen, dwell in you richly. You see, the more the word of God that gets in you. In all wisdom, it teaches and admonishes you to admonish someone else. In Psalms, hallelujah, that's why these good songs that they're singing uh, encourage us. In Psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing, I never heard anybody say, I'm singing, their mouth is shut. You're not singing. Open your mouth. Woo. The words are on the screen. If you don't know it, just say it. Amen. Because God is listening to your words of praise in song. I don't feel like singing today. I we used to sing a song, remember this, back in the 80s. <laughs> Shake off those heavy bands. Lift up those holy hands what's the rest of it let everything let all God's has people breath. praise the Lord let all God's people thank you honey some brain cells are not working at 77 let all God's people praise the Lord oh I just had a thought God is anxious to rush in here wow rush in here to touch somebody that's sick to save a lost soul to restore a backslider and he's waiting on his people come into my presence come into my presence with words of thanksgiving Enter my courts with words of praise amen God is anxious to come to us but we're not running to him as we should now let me complete this I'll skip a whole lot so put up the next slide and I'll see if there's preaching in it or not go to another wow there's some good preaching there too but go to another another day another time huh. here it is your challenge challenge if you ever go to church and the Holy Spirit never challenges you you ain't been to church Amen. Are we using our words to build people up or destroy them? Are our words filled with hate or love? Bitterness or blessing? Complaining or compliments? Lust or love? Victory or defeat? Your words link in with your faith but also with your doubt if you want God to move line your words up with faith not with doubt even when you don't feel it we sing a song don't, don't we even when I don't feel it you're working even when I don't see it you're working you're working so let your conversation work with God And speak those things. Words are tools that can make, say it with me, life better. But like any tool, any tool can be misused, including the tool of the gift of words that God has given to you. Go to the next slide. Hear me on this. It came out in our songs today. Somebody better get a hold of this. God Will always have the last word to say concerning our eternal destination. God, not you. Oh, I can't wait to get before God and tell Him why I didn't. I didn't give my heart to Jesus. Tell Him why I hindered me. No, you'll be you'll be quiet. But your knees will bow, and you'll say one thing. The Word of God says, "You will confess." Jesus is Lord God will have the last word and I hope nobody in this room is hearing it for the last time I hope and pray but I've never preached this message before and God stirred it in my heart to tell somebody if he's calling you you better come You better come. Go to the next slide. We'll end it up. The gospel is not only the good news for lost sinners. It's also the good news for the backslider. (laughs) Amen. Next slide, please. Here's where we find the story. You remember it. The parable of the prodigal son. He had it made at home. But he had a lustful desire. I want more. The father gave him what was his, and he left home. He spent everything. He lived the way he wanted to live. He lived with the drunkards. He lived with the prostitutes. Any imaginable thing you can think of, the prodigal son went there. But one day, he realized, I can't live without bread and water food. So I'm going to ask this farmer, just give me the husk that you're feeding to the pigs because I'm so hungry, destitute. But then the scripture says, he came to himself. Where was he? Living in a fine mansion, driving the best chariot, riding the most beautiful horse wearing the best clothing a man could have no! He's a poor wretched beggar man in the pig pen because sin wasted his life and he allowed it but then he came to himself and says I will go back home to my father and I will say here's the words take words with you I will say to my father, Father, say it with me, I have sinned. I'm no more worthy to be called your sons. Just make me a hired servant because even the slaves have it better than I've had living in sin. But notice the response of the father. And I've always imagined this every day. Daddy, the road because in his heart he knew he's coming home he's coming home and when he comes home I want to welcome him first and he's looking down the road and he sees the shadow of a person and he's walking and stumbling he's in rags destitute and the father sees him and he doesn't just stand there so well, I'll wait till he gets here. When he gets here, I'm gonna give him a good tongue lashing. I'm gonna tell him, you deserve what you've got. No. The father ran <laughs> to him <laughs> and wrapped him in his arms and made him know, welcome home. I've been expecting you, and I knew you would come home one day you're here now and you know the rest of it put a robe on him, put a ring on his finger his feet, he has no shoes put sandals on his feet go kill that fatted calf the best one in the, in the flock kill it because we're going to have a party <laughs> we're going to celebrate for this my son was dead but now he's alive, he was lost but now he is found let's party <laughs> Woo! Hallelujah. Heaven is anxiously awaiting someone in this room today or listening to my voice on Facebook or YouTube. Heaven is waiting to strike up the band. Come home. Take words with you. Go to the next slide. Thank you, Lord. Oh, backslider, take words with you and return to the Lord. Here's your words. Say them with me. Now, say to him, come on, everybody, take away all iniquity. Receive us graciously. Receive me with grace. For by grace you will be saved, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. After you're back in the family. For then, we will offer the sacrifice of our lips. Did you know that's in the New Testament? Therefore, by Him, let us continually offer the sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to His name. Why do some of you think, why do those people act so crazy? Well, why did she go down there today and lay flat on her face because she's saved she's a child of the king washed in the blood and she's offering praise (laughs) the deeper your relationship with God the more you will express your praise to God is God calling you come home come home come home I'm waiting for you Bring those words, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Receive me with grace. And the Father's promise to be merciful to you. Stand with me. Let every head be bowed. Everyone that knows God, pray. Pray, God, if there's someone that's in this room, someone listening to this message today. It's been long, I know, but God, I had to bring it out. God, touch their hearts. And say, now, now is the day of salvation. Today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. Pray, saints, get a hold of heaven. God, Holy Ghost, touch them. Bring them to you now. Bring them to you now. Don't walk out of here dressed in the garments of sin walk out of here dressed in the robes of righteousness through Christ our Lord while they sing a song it's an act of faith well if I go up there they're going to know that I'm backslidden yeah they'll know it, they already know it but they're praying for you, loving you and helping God to call you come home, come home so Father touch that heart now Bring them home Bring them home You go before (laughs)